0: Father, we exalt, exude, magnify, macrograph your holy name. We avail ourselves for your wisdom. Speak to our hearts. Help us to conceptualize our kingdom citizenship. us to realize our dominion mandate and cripple our fears into faith. Bless us beyond measure, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Greet somebody. Greet somebody. Look at somebody and tell him, kingdom greetings. From prophet Osbert, and he said, the man of God is going to call you. The man of God called. Apparently, the man of God has been looking for me for over five years. So he said, ah. You are the same person I've been looking for you for over five years. So I went back on my Facebook and he has sent me messages since 2017, 2018. And he pastors over 40,000 people. You know India, their congregations are big. India is 1.2 billion people now. So I said, okay. After I spoke to him, I went to bed. When I slept, I saw, I had, I saw a dream. And they were cutting people's head off. <laughs> <laughs> they were cutting people's head off. So, some of said, you have taken the fear in the dream. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. Hey. I saw myself sitting in a car and I was driving the car. I went forward. They were shooting, cutting people said when I turned to they were cutting. <laughs> this one be. A but by the grace of God, we'll go and win territories for God. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Next week, I'll be in India for three days, speaking in a crusade, very amazing crusade. Thousands of people are coming, all over India, in New Delhi. They already sent my business class ticket. I confirmed everything today. Tomorrow, I'll be going to the Indian High Commission to process my visa. And next week, after midweek, I'll fly to India for four days. Three days, three days. Amen. You didn't clap your hands for Jesus. I have been everywhere, but I've not been in India before. So, for years, they have been trying to get you to go to India, but you always decline. But I have a strong urge in my spirit that this is the will of God. So, we are going to raise the dead and heal some sick people. Amen. If you are here, you want to volunteer. My friend, don't look at my face. You want to volunteer to go and die with me. <laughs> Uh, clap your hands Mm -hmm. prophet Matthew is one of the fathers of India amen bring the flyer he's one of the fathers of India he doesn't speak English his assistant is a medical doctor he's called Anders and Anders the one I've been speaking to. This man had a vision about me many years ago. Amazing. Look at someone and say, you can never hide your divinity. We are very special. Very, very special. Very special. Amen? So that's just by the way. It's a praise report. You don't think it's a praise report? So if you want to join me, let's you want to join me. The economy ticket is not much. It's about thousand two hundred dollars or thousand one hundred $1, and seventy dollars. So if you want to join me, I wouldn't mind. Let's go together. Uh-huh. Look at this is mission field. Uh-huh. Pakistan that I even if I'll miss heaven, I won't go. As for Pakistan, Afghanistan. You are lying. The way they are cutting people's head off. Even in Israel now, what is happening there. India now is the fastest growing economy in the world. Medicine. Highly populated. Powerful. They they, They have literally overtaken China. Amen. So, Pray for me. Pray for me. You are not excited about it. I mean, Fred Osbert said the man of God is going to call you. So when he sent my picture to him, he said, "But this man is the man I've been looking for for almost five years." God is amazing. Man so, of God, we have been looking for you. You know the way they speak the accent. I said, I don't know. So check your messages. We're looking for you. We're looking for you. Our Baba had the revelation about you. God knows us. Look, and say, God knows us. If you are not from God, how would a man have a revelation about you? That God is sending you to us. And they, originally, they invited Prophet Rasband. And Prophet Rosberg said, I'm locked up in America. I can't go. But there is a man in Ghana who does what I do. He can do it well. Amen. So they are looking for the word of God. He can preach. He can teach. He can prophesy. And he can heal the sick by the grace of God. Then the assistant calls. Before he sends my picture, he says, Ah! is the man I've been looking for? Say, I know you. He tells me about my ministry. Every, every YouTube video they have watched. It. Amazing. That sometimes you'll be in your small corner, but God will let strangers recognize who you are. I pray for you tonight. That grace unlimited will locate you. Praise the Lord! If you are excited about this, clap your hands. You. So I was trying to work out to go with officer Sami, but officer re- Sami's passport is expired. So I'm alone. So I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer to go with. Amen? Maybe Uncle Moses can join me. So you are going to allow your, resident, your bishop to travel to India all by himself. <laughs> but do you know that I went to the embassy today. Ghanaians are applying for Indian visa to go to school. Going to study medicine. There's a speciality on the face. They do it in India. Face surgery. They do it in India. Heart. They do it in India. Bone surgery. Huh? They do it in India. Hmm? So, pray about it. Amen? Bather your head. Let's pray. Ask God for revelation tonight. Ernest, Ask God for revelation tonight ask God for revelation tonight. Ask God for revelation tonight. Ask God for revelation tonight. We established on Sunday that Jesus Christ was not a religious man. He never joined any religious group. He was never a Pharisee or Sadducee. He never joined the Sanhedrin Council. He was not a Herodian. And we established that his greatest opposition was, were religious people. Why wasn't he a religious man? Because he came... To bring back the kingdom, not religion. See, the kingdom. His first public statement in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, that was his vision and mission statement. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the first word he spoke in his public ministry. When he was giving the charge to his disciples in Matthew 10, verse 5 to 7. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Hebrew word there is, it is present. In Matthew 24, verse 14, he said, And this gospel of the kingdom would be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, watch this, the end will come. So the end of the world is contingent on the message of the kingdom. Until it is taught and caught, the end will not come. We established on Sunday, like Jesus said, every generation of mankind is searching for what we call the utopia—the long human search. In Matthew six, verse. Twenty-five to 32. That is the long human search. The worries of life. Please shift the scripture well. The long human search. The burden for a perfect life. The expectation for a better life. The pursuit for a better life. And he said in Matthew 6.33 the answer for the long human search the utopia of man is the kingdom. What is the answer? The kingdom. And please work on the screen. The kingdom is the answer. Bring me and put it underneath the picture. Look at the kingdom is the answer. The message of the kingdom is the answer for the quest in life. He said seek ye first first things first seek the kingdom. And every burden, every worry is done. Praise the Lord. So tonight, we want to look at the priority of the kingdom. Look at somebody and say, the priority of the kingdom. Matthew 6.33. Little volume of yoke. The priority of the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and its righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. When we talk of priority, what does that mean? Number one, priority is defined as the principled thing. The principled thing. Priority. Number two, priority is defined as putting first things first. Are you in church? Look at sometimes when you come to church, come with your Bible, your notes and your pen. And I see, you are not writing, I'll stare at you, like I'm staring at my daughter today. Number three, priorities define us establishing the most important thing. Establishing the most important thing. Number four, it is also known as the primary focus. The primary focus. The primary focus. Number five, placing in order of importance, placing in order of importance, priority. Number six, what is priority? Placing highest value and worth upon something. Placing highest value and worth upon something. You're studying the kingdom? Have you started? Are you on YouTube? Are you listening to um, Dr. Miles Morrow? He's deep, eh? Number seven, priority means first among all others. First among all others. There are eight principles in our conceptualization of the kingdom that I would like to share with you tonight. And if you miss this, you have missed destiny. Bernard is good to see you. Bernard, I'm greeting you. Say hello. <laughs> Number one The greatest secret to living effectively on the earth is understanding the power. And the principle of priorities. The greatest secret of living on the earth is understanding what? The power and the principle of priorities. Number two, don't forget this. Write them down. Anything I have ever taught, Jennifer, from 2014 to now, nothing I have ever preached in this church since the beginning of this church is as important as what I started preaching last week, Wednesday and especially this past Sunday. Anything I've ever taught, what I taught last week, Wednesday, and this past Sunday, go back and listen to it, is the first class of all my teachings in the world. You can forget about everything I've taught in this church and focus on the last two services we have done. Because that's what Jesus taught us to teach. And if you understand kingdom, you will not struggle in your domain of operability. Praise the Lord. Number two, the greatest tragedy in life is not death. But life without a purpose. The greatest tragedy in life is not dirt, but life without a purpose. Semicolon, life without priorities. That is life with the wrong priorities. I'm teaching on the, the priorities of the kingdom.
1: The greatest
0: tragedy in life it's not death. The greatest tragedies in life is life with wrong word. Priorities. Number three. Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom. That's, 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 the, that's the scripture. First things first. Seek ye first the kingdom. Okay. Okay. That's the priority of the kingdom. Number three, our self-worth is more important than our basic needs. Our self-worth is more important than our basic needs. Hence, it should never be sacrificed. Your self-worth must never be sacrificed in place of your basic needs. That because I'm hungry, I go to the street and start begging. No, you're above that. The kingdom provides for it. Now, the fourth principle here, God established only two priorities for mankind. Matthew 633. God established only two priorities for mankind. Number one, seek ye first. Number one, the kingdom of God. Number two, righteousness. These are the two fundamental priorities God has set for humanity. Seek two things. Reverend Donut. Number one. Number two. It's clear. And supplies are the aftermath. Provisions. Divine health. Let's look at the Long human search. Matthew 6, 25 to 32. Let's read it through. Therefore, I say to you, number one, do not worry about your life. So your life, If you seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness, you will have no worry about your what? Your life. Number two, what you will eat or what you will drink. Jesus said when you pray, tell God, give us this day our daily Moses in in the Mosaic law said in Exodus 23-25, thou shalt serve the Lord thy God and he will bless thy bread and thy... So it is the encapsulation of our daily necessities, daily needs. What you need for survival as human beings. Jesus said when you seek first the two major priorities, the kingdom of God, and the righteousness of God, your life is covered. Number two, what you will eat and what you will drink. Am I teaching tonight? is covered. Let's look at number three. Know about your body. What you will put on, that is clothing. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So, God is speaking to us about security of our destiny. It's in the kingdom. Verse 26. Follow this very well. Look at the bears of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Amazing. Very expressive, very explicit, profound, very clear. Jesus made it clear that no man seeks the kingdom of God. Number two, the righteousness of God and your life will be at the mercy of the devil. Your daily needs will be at the mercy of Of the devil, what you will wear, your security, your destiny, will be at the mercy of the devil. It's not possible that a man lingers on God and God disappoints him. Praise the living God. Which of you by worrying can add? One cubit to his teacher. Jesus is very profound. Worry means stress. We stress every day. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies on the field. How they grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. But they eat every day. Verse 29 and yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not irate like one of these verse 30 to 32 now if God so clothes the grass of the field which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven which he not much more clothe you O ye of what little faith therefore do not stress saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear very clear is that clear for after all this, the Gentiles what? For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Now, what is the solution? The priority of God's kingdom. Number one, seek first, two things, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then, what are all these things? Verse 25, the houses, the cars, the dresses, the clothing, the shelter, God will bring it. So, the emphasis of the theology of the kingdom of God by Jesus is to seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. So, we are going to understand this month, the kingdom of God then we understand the righteousness of God. And these are the two things Jesus said we must seek. Then provisions will come to us. And if you understand the kingdom message, it will elevate you above religiosity, it will push you beyond Christianity. It will elevate you far beyond denominationalism. It's a kingdom. You'll not be limited by church stuff. The kingdom of God. It's hard to conceptualize. It's hard to study. You need need God's grace to open your heart, your wisdom to capture the revelation of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Say two basic expectations of God. is the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. Number six, the kingdom concept was not invented by mankind. But it was the first form of governance or government introduced by the creator. Ignorance of the kingdom concept. Makes it difficult to understand fully the message of the Bible. Now, let's look at the underlining distinction between the kingdom of god and the government of man number 1 90% of all national and international problems Facing our world today are the results of either government or religion. Look at what is happening in Israel now. Isn't it religion? A common fight over border. Praise the Lord. The whole world. The strongest security is in Israel. Tel Aviv. The whole world. 2014, myself, Honorable Salas Mingsa and his wife, some few people went to Israel, through Germany. On our way back, they took my laptop. They said there was something in the laptop that was pointing that I carry something. So, they bothered everybody. And they left me for two hours. They scanned me naked. Israel. Tel Aviv. Security. Border post security airport. Don't play. They took the laptop and they allowed me to board. They took my hand back. They said they have investigated. Religion. Religion. Has been the cause of civil problems religion religion Isaac and Esau Isaac and Ishmael I beg your pardon Jacob and Esau religion say religion Ishmael took certain category of wives just to hurt the father religion Afghanistan, Pakistan. So 90% of the problems of our world today is religiosity. Number two, the need for government and order, the need for government and order is inherent in the human spirit. From time creation. All our surrounding neighbors have kings. So, Samuel, give us a king. Give us a king. Israel is a theocratic nation. Put pressure. Give us a king. It's been in us since creation. And is the manifestation of a divine mandate given to mankind by the Creator. The need for government and order is inherent in the human spirit. Number four. Have you bought those books? You've not bought the books. You are the first person to buy it, eh? Pastor Mark, have you bought the books? I said you should go and buy the books and study. Pastor Donat, have you bought the books? So you have violated my instructions. Senior Apostle, a tobacco. Apostle General, who's he? Have you bought the books? So your father gives instructions, and all of you have violated it. Prophet Stephen, have you bought the books? Who's in the way today? But down for. girlfriend. waba, baby. Oh, Sunday. Number four. The mandate of the creator for mankind was rulership and dominion. Say rulership and dominion. we look around and we see that a lot of government, human institutions have erupted in the last 2,000 years. But the kingdom of God, God's kingdom is superior to all these human institutions. Socialism, Capitalism. Communism. The most popular one is democracy. People's power. Man has say. Democracy has caused more harm. On Sunday, I'll explain it. Has caused more devastation than any human government principle because democracy questions God's authority that is how come a young boy of 20 years will go on the internet and insult the president that is old enough to become his grandfather and they say it's people's people's opinion praise the lord I have my democratic rights. So you can dishonor a man old enough to be your grandfather. Someone will do a caricature, a, a cartoon, and Akufado has become a midget. And they will capture him into the balloon like that. they capture Akufado. You've seen it, right? It's a result of democracy. You're not catching rev- revelation. So, human government over the years has caused more damage. But the kingdom of God is superior to all. Say kingdom perspective. God said we must seek it. And it's righteousness. We talk of righteousness. It's not a a holistic approach before God. Righteousness is a political term. That means right standing with God. You are in right standing with what? With God. You and God do not have any beef. God knows you and you know him. That's righteousness. And the two main thing that Jesus said as kingdom citizens we must be passionate about and seek it with all our hearts. It's the kingdom of God. Why? Because it is superior to all government government principles, government institutions, human introductions of systems that seeks to give relevance to humanity. Over the years we've seen dictatorship as a government that concentrates its power authority in the hands of one individual who yields absolute authority unrestricted by laws we've seen communism like I mentioned that is man's attempt to control land and people by the exercise of dictatorship communism is an attempt to establish kingdom without righteousness Democracy, like I explained, is the best form of civil government as we know it because of its basic tenets and because of the checks and balances of the system. But it compromises on spiritual authority. One major defect of democracy is its fundamental principle of majority rule which even though it gives power to the majority of the people, places morality values and standards for law at the mercy of the majority, whereby it doesn't legitimize the majority values, desires, beliefs, aspirations, and preferences. So what's our best alternative? If socialism, capitalism, communism, democracy is not the best type of spiritual governance, political governance, or human governance, our best alternative is to return to the original governing concept. Say the original governing concept. That the creator instituted from the beginning of creation. And that is the kingdom concept. And when you understand and conceptualize the kingdom concept you rise like an eagle beyond every situation. Every situation will become under your feet. Will will, will be under your feet. Because you think kingdom. You don't think earthly. You don't think on mundane stuff. But you are kingdom-hearted, and kingdom-minded is a force that can never be limited. Because it is not limited to a place, a time system, or a given location. You are not cowered by any denomination, institution, You are not limited by church. And when you seek it, everything you need is given. I've listened to fathers who give their story of starting ministry with four people. Starting life in people's homes. Men and women That we admire and idolize today. As the pay searchers and contemporary patriots of greatness. They began at a zero. But as they began and they kept on pursuing the kingdom. The kingdom always takes care of itself. Because the kingdom always takes care of itself. You cannot seek the kingdom and the kingdom will not set you apart. When you seek the kingdom, the kingdom sets you apart. Never had any secular work before? After university? I I couldn't even do my. After university, what do you do? National service. Busy preaching the gospel. I have preached the gospel in my young adult life. All my life. I've never worked anywhere. It's been the gospel. Started preaching at the age of eight, actively at the age of 11. I've never worked anywhere. I've never sat in any office. Not even one. Whilst in university, I was preaching, traveling around the world. When I was 12, people thought I was 22. When I was 15, they thought I was 25. When I was 20, they thought I was 35. Because when you pursue the kingdom, it gives you wisdom. It emboldens you. It gives you capacity and anointing for the race. Everything I have seen in my life today is the kingdom, the result of the kingdom. So the kingdom does not cheapen destiny, it embodies destiny. Pursuing the kingdom comes with varied, variegated battles. You will go through it. You will suffer so many deaths, losses, but keep seeking keep seeking. Papa, he stood an amazing man of God. I told you last week Friday he preached about humility at Port City. I told you to go and listen to it. How can you be my spiritual sons and daughters? I give you instructions you don't follow. It will help you. Go back and listen to that sermon one. It will change your life. Huh? The humility. Did it bless you? Amazing. Nobody will lose two children the same day, plus four spiritual children, and survive it. Papa Deboye lost his firstborn son. This kingdom. You keep seeking it. No other priority. His kingdom, nothing else. Praise the Lord. Let's look at kingdom colonization. And we look at the characteristics of a a king. I made mention of it, but we'll go deeper into it. A colony is a group of citizens established in a foreign territory to influence that domain. For their home government. I was distracted by a message my wife sent. She said, I'm teaching law. Mm-hmm. It's because of the man I've been listening to too much. I'm eating the kingdom concept. I'm eating it. Amen? A colony is a group of citizens established in a foreign territory to influence that domain for their home government. Do you feel enlightened? Number two, a colony is a foreign territory inhabited, or in, inhabited by citizens. A colony is a foreign territory inhabited by citizens. charged to influence that domain. The colony is a foreign territory inhabited by citizens, charged to influence that domain with the culture and the values of that government, of their government. Number three, A colony is the presence of a distinct citizenry. A colony is the presence of a distinct cultural citizenry. In a foreign territory, a distinct Cultural citizenry. In a foreign territory. Governed by the laws. And the culture of their home government. And on Sunday I said. Earth was produced by heaven. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof earth is the colony of heaven. So what God was trying to do is to replicate and resonate heaven on earth. So there is a way heaven looks like. There is a way heaven behaves. And as the citizens of God's kingdom God wanted to start a new family on the earth. We are the kings on this earth. Our lifestyle and our culture must be in congruent and synchronization of how heaven is. The culture, the values, the morality of heaven. So understanding kingdom culture means if it's not heaven-like, I'm not part of it. praise the Lord. Your mindset must be heavenly because we are the reflection of heaven on the earth. That is how come you have to understand you can never be poor because Even the gates of heaven are made with pearls. Heaven has an asphalt made with gold. Kingdom concept. When it sinks in, Bishop David O'Hoodipo said, 1976, he took the book of Papa Kate Kenneth Hagan. And that night, he woke up and he said, I cannot be poor. And that is it. So, the earth is God's colony. Now, there are 12 things about the original kingdom concept that I want you to put down. Number one, colonization is heaven's system for earthly influence. Colonization. Is heaven's system for what? Earthly influence no wonder bishop david oyelepo is at ota Canaan land but nations travel to go there no wonder apostle john simelman is at auchi a very outskirts of the benin kingdom outskirts But, ouchie, people travel from everywhere. No wonder our father in the Lord who died, TB Joshua, far away from Lagos. Because wherever kingdom citizens stand, we colonize, we dominate the place for God. When you understand kingdom and kingdom concept, you will realize that you don't have to travel far to prosper. God can choose to bless you anywhere at all. Our father in the Lord, Papa Eastwood has said several times, people ask him in the 90s, why are you not coming to Accra? Why are you a Desert he called the place Desert Leaves. Why are you at the desert place? Bolgatanga. You are a pharmacist by profession. But if you go to Bolgatanga and you see what God has done through Papa Eastwood, it will blow your mind. In the history of Tanga, there is nothing like that. I pray for you that everywhere the source of your feet will stand. God will give you dominion. Amen. If your amen is louder, you can take that blessing. Amen. So, God's original intent was to extend His heavenly kingdom, heavenly government over the earth. And His plan for accomplishing this was to establish a colony of heaven on the earth. By creative right, the earth is. God's crown land. So the earth is heaven's crown land. That's God's administration on the earth. And the king of kings has given man the rulership of the earth. That is what God has given to us pray that you will discover your purpose and you will walk in your assignment and every giftings of God in your life will be activated for domination. If you believe it, lift your hands and shout amen. As we seek the kingdom, let me close with five principles of man's earthly authority. Five principles. Number one, the first thing God gave man was territory. The first thing God gave man was territory. He didn't give man religion. He gave us territory. He gave us land. Before man could be the king, God created him to be. To have a king domain, kingdom to rule over. Number two, The earth was created to give man kinship legitimacy. Kinship legitimacy. God gave us the earth so that our kinship will be legal. He made Adam a king and made Eve a queen equal to Adam in every way. of the earth belongs to both men and women. Why are you smiling? Your wife is your partner in rulership. We dominate the earth together. Number three, the domain of the earth is man's legal right. Power and authority. The domain of the earth is man's legal right, power and authority. When God said, let them have dominion, what he did is, he transferred the legal rights to the earth for mankind. He transferred the legal right of the earth in hands of man. So the earth belongs to us. Number four, When God said let them have kingdom on the earth they are the key words in the transfer of authority from God to man. So God delegated authority to us because he wants us to experience rulership. Let them Genesis 1 to 28. Now take notice of this. Man said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Dominion. I explained to you that the word dominion is the word what? Kingdom. Radar over the fish of the sea over the birds of the earth over the cat over all the earth over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth now take notice of this man's kinship is by privilege man's kinship is by privilege not by creative right man's kinship is by privilege not by creative right Why? Because God controls the domain because he created it. God controls the domain, the earth is the Lord. God controls the domain because he created it. Genesis 1, 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. He rules it by creative right. But we rule it by privilege. So we are kings by delegation, not by creation. So God gave us rulership, not ownership. But our rulership includes a sense of ownership because he gave us sovereignty within our earthly dominion. So we need to seek the kingdom. And we need to replicate heaven on the earth. But we cannot replicate heaven on the earth if we don't understand the culture of heaven. And that is called kingdom culture. Within the weeks I'll take one Sunday and teach on kingdom culture. When you understand kingdom culture and you step out of your house and someone is saying anything that is not kingdom, you will not even pay attention to it because it's not part of your culture. Praise the living God. You will not argue with an unbeliever Because unbelievers, you don't waste time to argue with them. They have a certain perception. You can't change them. It's the Holy Spirit that can convict them. There are men and women of God who waste time arguing. You just walk away. Walk away. It's not part of your culture. That's not what the Bible says. Somebody asked me, uh, this guy who is bringing loopholes in the Bible. Who? Why waste time? Talking to somebody whose mind is made up about God. God cannot be discovered. He needs to be encountered. And your encounter with God becomes your personal experience. So a guy like that, you don't sit down arguing scripture with him. It's foolishness. It's a waste of strength. He needs to encounter God. Nobody preached to Paul, formerly known as Saul. Nobody preached to him. He encountered Jesus. And Jesus said to him, I am the one that you are persecuting. Then Jesus sent him to go and see the priest. And that, that settled the case. Put your hands on and say, Father, reveal yourself to me. Teach me your way. David said, open my eyes that I will see your wondrous word. Let me remark a little bit on kingdom culture. Understanding the concept of culture as we seek the kingdom. And on Sunday, I will teach strongly on the priority of the kingdom. Number one, once you understand the culture of a people, you understand the people. Until you understand the culture of a people, you can understand the people. Do you know why we Africans, we started drinking tea and wearing suits? I went to Fifi Pratt and had some errands to do, so as usual, I dressed formal because I had some few errands to do. And I, through that, I, I, I went to do the interview. So I was in my suit. So later on, I went to the show and I read the comment. At MDD. If you are okay, take it, take it, take it, it. your suit. But you see, the suit was never our culture. It's a white man's culture. But because they colonize us, we adapted and adopted their culture, their way of life. We never used to drink tea. So, there are men of God who are essentially pan-Africanist who believes in the African heritage of customs and traditions. And one is our father in the law, Dr. Mingsu. I don't like African wear. When I wear it, my anointing disappears. My prophetic disappears. But when I wear a suit, I feel like a human being. <laughs> in the late nineties, everybody wanted to dress like Archbishop Duncan Williams. Early two thousand, long suit. We we gloried in the number of buttons in your suit. One day, I saw the suit fourteen buttons. It was taller than me. Let me show you the picture. Say, say the white man's culture. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching on kingdom culture. Are you catching the revelation? If I don't show you this suit, you'll pass up. And this was 2,000 at moment of grace. So, Sammy fought for me to preach there. Reverend Alex Wright. 2,000 moment of grace and this one I had gone to Togo the shoe I bought was from Togo two thousand twenty-three 23 years ago I'm not a small boy in the kingdom more. moment of grace 2000 I've been preaching for long I'm a father look at the suit I saw this suit at Kotokuraba. <laughs> Look at the shoe. <laughs> Look at the trowel. Second <laughs> non-culture. Take your seat. We watch Archbishop Bishop Karim's on Sundays before we go to Sunday school. And when you watch him, you want to be like him. So actually my desire for suit is an admiration of Archbishop Bishop Duncan. That's the culture. So from infancy as a boy, I never liked African way. The culture it can influence you to take on another personality that is not yours. I'm teaching on kingdom culture. How can you be heavenly and you live earthly when you are made up of heaven yet your mindset has made you earthly. God says No. God says heaven has a lifestyle for kings. There is a way we talk. There is a way we live. But you can't live in that culture until you understand it. How will you understand it? Seek it. Seek it. So wearing suit didn't start to be you. I remember when I went to UCC had long suit and they had a conference. I wore one of the suits. And I went outside. I sat down. Everybody was at How I felt so bad. Hey, those they want to wear my suit. I said there are things I have done in the past. Now I realize it was total madness. <laughs> those days when briefcase came, I wear my long suit and hold my briefcase. My long shoe. Very serious guy. But look at me today. Clap your hands for God. God has redefined me. Knowledge is power. Praise the Lord. Say kingdom culture. Number two, Culture is the act of developing the intellectual and moral faculties by education. Culture is the act of developing the intellectual and moral faculties by education. Expect care and training. Understanding the concept of kingdom culture. Understand the concept of culture. Five principles. Number three, culture is the enlightenment and excellence of tastes. Culture is the enlightenment and excellence of taste acquired by intellectual and aesthetic training. Aesthetic training. This old man is a university. Amen. Number four. Culture is the integrated pardon of human knowledge. Beliefs. The integrated pattern of human knowledge, beliefs, and behavior that depends upon man's capacity for learning. Culture is the integrated pattern of human knowledge and behavior that depends upon man's capacity for learning. And transmitting knowledge to succeeding generations. Culture number five is the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious or social group. Customary beliefs, social forms, or material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Number six, culture is the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes a company or an institution or a corporation. A set of shared attitudes, values, goals, practices that characterizes a company, an institution, a corporation. Number seven, culture means to grow in a prepared medium. To grow in a prepared medium. Number eight, the battle for the earth is the battle for culture. So, when we look at the concept of culture, we look at morality, values, attitudes, food, way of life, in summary. So, the kingdom of God has a value system. So it has a value system. The kingdom of God is a way of life. When we talk of the culture of the kingdom, the way of the kingdom, the values of the kingdom, the language of the kingdom, one of the language of the kingdom. Is that as a believer you cannot accept defeat? Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. That's true. Right. When men are cast down, you shall say there is a lifting up. It's a language of the kingdom. Let the sick say, I am healed. And the poor say. The language of the kingdom is faith and not fear. The language of the kingdom. Is what? And not? Job said that that which I fear You don't speak this language of faith and die like a chicken. Anytime I feel like my faith is being threatened, I go on YouTube and make sure I zero myself into any teaching of Bishop David O'Hare anytime I want to hear things to empower my knowledge of the concept of prosperity I just go on YouTube and find Kenneth Copeland when I feel a little bit fatigued in prayer I zoom on YouTube and I find the language of prayer through the Archbishop Duncan it kicks my shocks back on.
1: When I want to speak the language
0: of healing and the miraculous, three men, Pastor Benny, Hing, Chris Uyukilin, the language of the kingdom. As a man thinketh, so is he see. fast. I'll teach it in two weeks time. I'll teach seeking the kingdom this Sunday on Wednesday. I'll continue. Then the next Sunday I'll teach kingdom culture. So wherever you go and it doesn't look like heaven you not even stay and dwell there. When it doesn't feel like heaven, it cannot be your It will help you in your choices of relationship, associations, your dealings with man. If it doesn't synchronize with heaven, you cannot be part of it. there are men who have lost their purpose and when they start speaking you will know whether they can equip your fire or they can strengthen your fear by virtue of their culture that's how you choose your friends you meet them the first thing they are talking about their focus on money money, money, they have lost their purpose. It's not part of our culture. Our culture says money is not a means, money is an end. Money is the aftermath of seeking the kingdom. Praise the Lord. I pray for you that God will end the scope of your spiritual understanding that you will live and walk and pursue the kingdom of God passionately that nothing will draw you out from God's house in Jesus name Amen Clap your hands for Jesus